everybody, welcome to the Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan. In each episode, I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Before you listen to this show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next so you have enough time to watch it. On this episode, I'll be discussing Spirited Away with Matt West. Let's roll the film. Spirited Away was released in 2001 from director Hayao Miyazaki. Also written by Miyazaki, the film stars Davi Chase, Jason Marsden, and Suzanne Plachette. This time you chose to talk about Spirited Away, which was, again, my first time watching this movie as well, just like it was when we discussed Big Trouble in Little China. But Spirited Away, why did you choose this one? This is one of those movies that when I first heard about it, it was I saw little snippets and was just brought to it was around the time that it won the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those movies that I said, wow, if this won the Academy Award, maybe I should check it out, which a lot of times I don't do. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, with it being an anime film winning the Academy Award, it seemed like it was really something special. So I went out and I actually just bought it. I didn't even rent it. I just bought it. And it was like $30. It was expensive for like the DVD. But it was just I don't know. I had a feeling I was going to like it. And I watched it. It was just one of those movies where you really feel like it's a, it's kind of a pretty spectacular journey. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those when I've, I've on a number of times when people have talked about wanting to see, a, oh, you know, I'm looking for to see a good movie. Um, well, do you like animation? Do you check this one out? This one's kind of different. It, it's definitely kind of got some, some, some overtones that I didn't, I have some, some themes that I didn't even know until watching it again. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, it's, I think it's a really stunning visual movie and it's ended up, it's a movie, it's probably one of my favorite animated films, mm. but it's not your typical animated cutesy film. That's and it's really very highly rated. Yeah. Like on IMDb, it was like an 8.6, 8.7. Yeah. Like it's up there. Yeah. It's very beloved by a lot of people. And whenever I hear people talk about like animated features and anime in general, Spirited Away always comes up in the conversation. And other things, but and I've really enjoyed since seeing this, almost everything I've watched by the uh, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, yep, Ghibli. Um, uh, Howl's Moving Castle was awesome. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those. You know, um, so I've since then followed off and watched a bunch. This was actually the first Studio Ghibli movie that I've watched. And I, I have another Blu-ray. I forget what it's even called, but they sent me one a while ago. Okay. And I have not yet gotten around to watching it, but uh, this was definitely the first of them that I've seen. So... Uh, again, as I always do, we get into trivia about the movie. This is from IMDb.com. We pull some of the things that are more interesting from there. Not everything, but quite a good selection of them. This is the first anime film to be nominated for and win an Academy Award. It's also the first film to earn $200 million in grosses before opening in the U.S. Yeah, it's pretty huge. That's huge. <laughs> like, I know it's big, but wow. No, that's huge. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. In order to animate the scene where Chihiro force feeds Haku the medicine in his dragon form, Miyazaki had his animators study a dog's mouth as they fed it treats while a veterinarian held its lower jaw. That's that's pretty standard for really good animation that yeah. they have. You know, if something has an animal that it's based on or near, they'll study live animals. That's not, you know, either they'll go or they'll actually have live animals brought into the, to the animating rooms mm-hmm. where they can just sit and get different angles and try to, all right, you know, we need to see them chewing. Can you give them something to eat and watch right, how that? Right, right. So that, that's pretty standard, but I like seeing that that's how they, with, with even with Haku. Even if it's not an animal that they're necessarily trying to capture, you also hear about that a lot, just like someone be like, well, I want the movement of this thing 
to be similar to this other kind of movement that I have in my brain. So let's use that as a reference point. Right. Because it wasn't, I mean, you're things. not bringing a dragon in there, but it was a dog. Right. But it's, there's still that that characterization, that, that charisma sure. that the dragon's going to have that's supposed to have sort of like, you know, faithfulness. And you're looking at a dog and how the dog would take the medicine. And as good as we are as artists getting uh real world inspiration and real real world reference is always going to be more believable Absolutely. for sure. The cleansing of the river spirit is based on a real life incident in Miyazaki's life in which he participated in the cleaning of a river, removing among other things, a bicycle. Right. That was cool. I yeah. love that scene. It's weird. The stink, the stink spirit. I love stink it. spirit. It's a stink spirit. <laughs> uh, to do the voice of Chihiro's mother talking while eating, actress Yasuka Sawaguchi actually spoke the dialogue in the original Japanese language version while eating a piece of Kentucky fried chicken. Actress Lauren Holly did the same thing in the English version with an apple. Yep. Smart. Why, yeah. why try to fake right. it when you can just do it? Nobody's right. seeing you eat it. Like, I, I mean, they're seeing people eat it on screen, so it makes sense to kind of do the same idea. And, I, you know, I hadn't really done a lot of IMDb in this film in the past because I didn't even think to look at who did voiceovers. And I, I will look a lot of VO artists, but um, in this case, I didn't know that the father of, of Chihiro was was Michael Chiklis. Right. Which is cool. So Lauren Hart, uh, Lauren Holly and Michael Chiklis were the parents. I thought that was really cool. That's very cool. There were some pretty big names in here. There really were, I was yeah. impressed by that. Uh, when Chihiro arrives at Zaniba's house, the jumping lamp with sound effect is a nod to the Pixar logo. Yeah, John Lasseter, uh, who was major, obviously one of the major parts of Pixar, yep. executive produced the this, brought it in. You know, he was the main reason why it made it to the the you know the domestic soil. You know, and he really oversaw the the dubbing of the. Uh, That's actually the my next part. piece yeah. of trivia. John Lasseter, the executive producer of Pixar, supervised the English language dubbing of the film and tried to match the actor's English language dialogue with the mouth movements of the animated characters. This also explains the inclusion of John Ratzenberger in the voice cast, as he has a role in every single Pixar film. <laughs> so he brought in his uh, his golden horse, mule, whatever thing, golden idol. Yep. Uh, and used him again in this, which classic John Lasseter. And Ratzenberger was in a Star Wars film. So there you go. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> The character No-Face greatly resembles a silkworm, an important animal in Japanese culture. It seems to have a white face and a mouth below it, while silkworms have markings that look like facial features with their mouths below those markings. Silkworms and No-Face eat constantly and grow rapidly, and at the end of the movie, No-Face stays with Zaniba, spinning silk. Yep. I thought that was cool. That was something new that I learned about it. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. This was the first time I'd actually seen No-Face in a movie, but it's one of those things that I've seen in cosplay at conventions so many oh, really? times. That's yeah. awesome. And I never had the reference point down. So now when I actually see it, I will, I'll know for sure. I think I actually have a picture of someone in that cosplay from a past convention and I never knew what to call it. So I think I wrote like ghost face on it. That's really cool. Cause I, I mean, I know this, obviously this movie has, has had widespread, uh, it's connected with people mm -hmm. on a widespread manner, but, I know so few people who have seen it. That's one of the reasons why I picked it, because I want more people to see it. Yeah. And to hear that, you know, of course there's cosplayers right, right. who do this stuff, but it just doesn't. Oh, man, this, it, it's surprising, but it shouldn't and it be. it wouldn't be a difficult costume to pull no, off either. No, not at all. I actually think, too, like, I don't know if this is true at all, so don't put this in the official trivia. But if you've ever seen the characters in the game Journey, they have quite a resemblance to No-Face. Okay. So I'm wondering if there was an influence there, because Journey came out within, like, the last three years or something. So it's much more recent. But if they were fans of this movie, I can see them borrowing that visual because right. it is a great yeah. kind of look. Miyazaki accepts that the film is not just a children's fantasy film, but also throws light on the problem of prostitution in Japan. 
In the same period in Japan, big cities had bathhouses strictly for men where women masseurs, also known as yuna, gave sexual pleasure to the customers. The owner of the bathhouse brothels were called yubaba. It is shocking to note that even in Spirited Away, the women are referred to as yuna, and the villainous keeper of the bathhouse is also called yubaba. Chihiro is forced to change her name to Sin, the same tradition that is followed in the world of prostitution, where prostitutes change their names. This also explains the weird behavior of No-Face. In the film, he tries to give money to her. This is because he is attracted to Chihiro. Miyazaki, in an interview, revealed that he was unhappy with the problem of prostitution in Japan, where young girls are exposed to this dirty business. Miyazaki's sole purpose was to symbolize this problem in an artistic and thought-provoking way so as to make this sound like a powerful fantasy film, too. That was the thing I had no clue on. Really? And, and I literally last night read that. And it blew my mind. It was yeah. so awesome to read because I love when there's like something like that as a part of it. Like there's this whole underlying piece to it. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was really eye opening because I've seen this movie 15 times, 16 yeah. times and never knew that. And now when I watch it, it's just going to be another whole piece of that. Wow. All right. What a statement. Right. Well, I mean, how seeped are we in the Japanese culture? Right, exactly. really? So that's not something that we'd necessarily draw a parallel to unless someone exactly. actually explained it to us. All right. So getting into the movie. Uh, and this is a long movie, considering a lot of animated things and a lot of anime in general is like a two hour movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Going to their new house at the beginning, you see the parents and uh, Chihiro in the car. They get kind of off track and end up at that weird wind tunnel ish looking thing with the statue in front of it. Yeah. And uh, for me, there was like a classic horror movie set up there of like, I'm just going to go check this creepy thing know, out. Right? <laughs> and, and Chihiro instantly, you know, you've got the parents. Chihiro, who I always look at her as probably nine, mm -hmm. maybe ten, is the one who's saying, I don't like this. Let's not go. Come on. Let's get back in the car. Getting like the bad feelings. Yeah. About yeah it right come away. on. Why are we going to do this? Let's turn around. Yeah. And, and mom and dad are like, no, come on, Chihiro. We're going to go. Stop grabbing my arm like that. Which is surprising, seeing as they're the ones who wanted to get to the new house so badly. And she was like, no, 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 I don't. Right. They wanted. Well, we have to get there before the movers get here. Right. But she and she's been worried about, you know, her friends that she's missing and her, her bouquet of flowers is she's fallen asleep on it and it's ruined the bouquet of flowers right. and she's going to miss her friends moving to a new place. Yep. Uh, they end up going through the wind tunnel and reveal this big abandoned theme park, which I thought like kind of right away screamed out at me like, hey, you're the clear blue sky and you can't see any of civilization. Clearly, you're in another place. Yeah. Like uh, without even knowing the premise of this film whatsoever, I was like, this is obviously not at all the same area you guys were just in. Right. How are the parents this dumb and oblivious to what's going on here? Right. That just stuck out to me as like a weird, like, I don't know if I buy that entirely. I, I always wonder with that, if the parents maybe didn't see things exactly the way we see them. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It just, it seemed like, I think Chihiro sees, we, I think we see things way more through Chihiro's eyes than the I agree parents' eyes. Sure. So while it does seem like what, and they're definitely referencing, hey, it's an old abandoned amusement park. Right. They might not be seeing that distance like we're seeing because they went through, I mean, they're going through that whole long tunnel. And they end up in what looks like the uh, the train station, and then they go out a little further. Now they're outside, and we see this huge rolling hill before they even get to the, yep. you know, oh, it's an old amusement park. And I think yeah. that they're not seeing all of what Chihiro is seeing. Hmm. I think maybe they're wa what they're seeing is less. That's never referenced, but that's sort right. of the way I've sort of taken that. That's certainly possible. Uh, the parents start eating all the food that they randomly see, which also felt a little weird. But I have a feeling there was some sort of mystical part of like like there was something irresistible about the food that just kind of threw them for a loop well the, uh i guess miyazaki has done this 
in in other films. Mm-hmm. He has sort of common like trademarked little things. Sure. And one of them is like people eating like food of the gods. It's not for them. Okay. Um. And in that case, that the the food was for the spirits that are right, around. Right. And because it's this magical quality food, you know, they smell it. Just the smell, they're they're drawn into it. Mm-hmm. And Chihiro saying, "No, no, don't eat it." And the like. He's like, oh well, no one's here. We'll, we'll, they can bill us for what we eat. Sure, you know, sure. completely. Yeah, right. No one's gonna do that. But, <laughs> yeah. but they're, but you know, they're, they're entranced by this food. There's something, and obviously, as they eat the food, we find out that there's definitely something more than just food about the food. Mm-hmm. It's not long after that that Chihiro runs in and uh, encounters the bathhouse. Yep, and meets Haku, uh, who tells her to get out before it gets dark, which is like right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right away, things start shutting down. So we start to see like spirits kind of pop up in the stores and stuff. Uh, she runs back to find her mom and dad transformed into pigs. Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't seem to realize it's them right away. Cause she comes running back out and goes, mom, dad, where are you? Like, I don't know if she's in denial or didn't pay attention to the clothes they were wearing still or what's going on. But I mean, if you, if you got there, what would you think? I mean, yeah, these clothes that are similar, but. People don't turn into pigs. Right. You know, if you're looking at her as, I mean, yeah, it's anime, it's anime, but in her world, she's in a real world. So right, she's now right. in a place where suddenly she's, she's not suspending disbelief that her parents have turned into pigs initially because people don't turn into pigs. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering though, if, if at that age, it's more probable or less probable that she would make that leap. Like, I feel like I've watched so many weird movies yeah. that at this age, I would almost welcome something mystical and like, okay. <laughs> and be like, Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but. As a kid, and maybe it is more like you were saying, like we're seeing things through her eyes and it's not exactly the way it appears to be and things are a little twisted. And mm-hmm. So maybe perceptions are just thrown off in general in this kind of space. So we're not really sure what's going on. Uh, she starts to fade away until yeah. Haku runs up to her and gives her a berry and like you have to eat some food from this world or else you're going to fade away. You're going to fade away and not right. be a part of it, which was... And, and at this point, I'm still like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while to really kind of get a grip of what's happening, yeah. which is, but once it, I feel like once you do get that, then it's like, oh, all right, wow. Okay. Now I'm starting to feel what's happening. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. It was very trippy at the beginning. I was yeah. like, what the hell am I watching? Like I knew about the acclaim of the movie, mm-hmm. like, like critical acclaim and stuff. And I was like, uh, <laughs> it was a little out the there. Movie? Yeah. 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 It was very strange in the beginning. If we jump ahead to the boiler room, that's where my next stuff is. Yeah. The uh the soot balls are kind of adorable. Yeah. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah. And Kama- I like Kamaji. As much as he looks like a human spider yep. with all his limbs, but the little soot balls are awesome. They're the best. They're great. Yeah. And they're a little animated. That's it's just he's, you know, the magical boiler keeper. Yeah. And he's cast a spell on soot and made these little guys who yeah. carry coal for him. I love the bit of where one of them like drops it and she ends up throwing it in, and then all the others see. <laughs> like, and oh. they go. Oh, she'll do it. We'll just drop them all. That was great. That's great. And you know, for, for little things that are just little black, little blotchy animated with little eyes, mm-hmm. they convey so much emotion for that scene yes. without saying a word. Yep. Like literally they just kind of, you know exactly what them just by the way the eyes move. Yeah. And then the way they just sort of resolve to, okay, we'll drop our, our coal on ourselves. Yep. And just nothing said, but it totally, so much is said. I love that. Though. Yeah. That that's great. a great bit. Uh, roasted newts must be pretty damn good to risk your life over one. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to risk my life. I'll give you a roasted newt. Okay. okay. <laughs> Whoa. And later on, she, Lynn totally right in that dude's face. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm going to eat like suckers him in with the roasted newt. And they refer and to those guys as frogs. Yeah. Whereas I guess they kind of have like the facial structure of right. a frog, but look 
more human than they do frog feature wise. Right. It's a weird like hybrid that yeah. going on. When there is actually a frog as well. Right. One of the other. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yubaba. They meet pretty quickly. Mm hmm. I thought it was a bit of a weird decision to send Chihiro right to the person who's looking for her. Right. And they they went through the whole kind of like dance of, oh, this is my granddaughter. Like the boiler man was like, this is my granddaughter. And then Yubaba knows exactly who she mm -hmm. is. So what was the point? Like Lin knew what was going on. I don't I didn't understand the point of that kind of justification. I think that that's something that might have been lost in the translation. Maybe. Because there are some spots that are a little off like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it may have just been, I, I always looked at that as just, he's he's trying, you know, all right, well, that's my granddaughter. Right, and, right. And Lynn, is, oh, okay. You know, I think he just sort of throws it out there. But right, I think right. that, that it does come across as something that might not translate directly over. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple things like that that don't. Yeah, there are a couple things that they set up and they don't necessarily pay off. And I was just like, what? Mm -hmm. But even still, to have her, like, they knew the end of that was going to be going to see you, Baba. And I was like, oh, shit, we're doing this now? Yeah. Like, yeah. right away? Like, this is the big boss who I thought we were going to wait a long time before. But it's just like, okay. And she was nothing like I expected her to be. Mm -hmm. It was, she gave her a job. Yeah. <laughs> I was yep. like, what is going on? Right. But now... Now think about it, about what Miyazaki looked at it as. Mm -hmm. Here's this little lost girl. Right. And we're going to take away her name and put her to work. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, now what the allusion to the, the Japanese bathhouse was. Right. Now it, make, it makes tons of sense. Mm -hmm. That's why it works. The Why you bought. Oh, little. Sure, sure. All right. Well, we'll take your name and we'll put you to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she gets a job as Lynn's assistant and the new name, uh, as we said, becomes Shen. So I have like throughout my notes, I kept changing it between Chihiro and Shen, mm -hmm. just kind of as to what seemed appropriate for that situation. Uh, we have the garden scene where Chihiro had started to forget her own name until she saw her goodbye card as right. her like little thing. And I guess the goodbye is from the same name as the Japanese voice yeah. actor that yep. voices Chihiro. That's yep. interesting. She sees Haku flying away as a dragon right before the and since I didn't know what it was called yet. Right before the smiley ghost figure appeared. Yeah. <laughs> that was my yeah. reference point. I used to call him Kabuki face. Oh, there I, didn't, you go. I didn't know he was no face. You know, so sure, it was the Kabuki sure. face yeah. guy. Yeah. So uh, until we actually get a name for him, I have smiley ghost figure as my <laughs> reference point for no face. It certainly works. Yeah. Uh, the bathhouse scene, the smiley ghost figure seems to be helping Shen out with like giving her the tokens and stuff um, so she can fill up the tub and then the whole bunch of tokens. Later on, like this thing, I thought it was very like ominous and evil when I was seeing it through several parts. Like when they're first going over the bridge and she's holding her breath, that's the first mm -hmm. vision of it you get. You get the ne next one after Haku goes away, after they leave the garden. And it all felt very ominous to me. Like I was like, this is a bad guy mm -hmm. throughout those whole parts. So it was weird when it started helping her out. And I was like, what is I was again kind of thrown off. Right. Like, what is going on to me? He once he started the vocalizations, it was just kind of everything was like, huh? Yeah. And then I started looking at, all right, so this is like a little lost puppy kind of thing. Yeah. That's sort of where yeah, I Yeah, that's what I kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of flipped the script for me there. Also at the bathhouse, that we get the stink spear the stink arriving. Spear. So great. So gross. I love the lead in, just like, oh my God, it's a stink spirit. Close it up. Oh no. And it gets through and they're trying, oh, send him to the biggest tub. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Well, Sen will take care of it. That they were just working on and yeah. cleaning out. So now it's going to be undone all the work they had done. Uh, they end up pulling a bicycle out of it 
and, and which, it wasn't a stink spirit right? no and it seems to be followed by like a landfill's worth of stuff oh, yeah, so uh, much after cool i'm stuff. like that thing didn't even have that much mass as right. it just came out of it but that's that whole mystical you really yep. can't you can't argue that stuff uh and then it ends up a powerful rich spirit was underneath all the filth which we end up finding out is like a river spirit yep i didn't know at the time that it was necessarily a river spirit but then they refer to it as such yeah. a little bit later on the ghost face ate a frog after luring it with gold. So this is where we see the kind of the first, like, maybe true intentions of this thing that they then start calling a monster right. later on. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe my initial ominous thoughts were, we're more right, on yeah. point than Little Lost Puppy. Right. And he eats a couple people. Yep. And, you know, they're bringing him all this food. And he's getting bigger and bigger and yelling, I want Sen. Where is Sen? Bring me Sen. Was the voice the frog? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it is. So it kind of embodied. And that's why I got, like, the frog kind of body with it, too. Right. And that's yeah. why I had that whole real greedy side. Because the frog, before he, when he's luring the frog, the frog is in the in the bathhouse with mm-hmm. a pin or, like a, like, a chopstick trying to pick little flecks of gold out of the floor left over from the river from the river spirit right right that was in the mud of the stink spirit and um then the at that point the uh no face has decided all right well i'll lure him in mm-hmm. here's some gold and when he gets a little closer eats him yeah and yeah. will sort of engulfs him and takes him on as his sort of corporal body mm-hmm. uh we then get the return of the haku dragon at least now we we are assuming this is Haku, just based on what Sen is telling us. And I wasn't necessarily convinced right away that it was. I thought maybe it was something else, because even though we saw him flying away before, it was in the distance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, maybe this is him, and maybe it's not. Obviously, it was, uh, if you keep watching. But the Haku dragon returns and is being chased by like the paper birds, which yeah. are cutting him up and everything. Uh, with the white body and the green hair, I was like... Joker dragon. <laughs> well, no, nothing's worse than a paper cut. So a bunch of paper birds cutting you. Oh, yeah. Paper cuts all over my body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ghostface has a frog body now and tries giving Sen a bunch of gold, but she refuses so she can go help Haku. Mm-hmm. And that's his first, like, what? Like, they can say no? Right, <laughs> right. Uh, the paper bird thing reveals itself to be Zeniba. Yes. Or was she kind of, like, projecting herself? Or uh, She must have actually she been was, there. She, she projected herself. It was yeah. she, it was a spell that she cast on paper birds that she okay. sent out there. They were, like, origami paper birds that yep. she sent and put a spell on. And she's Yubaba's sister, we Right, out. sister of Yubaba, and wants a gold seal that Haku stole from her. Haku appears to be internally injured, so Sen gives him the meatball-looking thing that the river spirit gave her. Yep. I was just like, why, what the meatball? Uh, I'm curious, again, maybe they changed something or took something out. I have no reason why she would think it would be medicine. It was just, it was given to her, and I, I there's... I forget what the line, but there's something along the lines of it'll help at some mm-hmm. point. And it, I think it was like a rice cake kind of thing. So yeah, because she, she ate it at one point. And like, said it was a little all, bit. And she and was like, oh, reacts and so it's disgusting. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it's just one of those clicks. You know, it's in in those in the hero t- hero type movies or whatever, where you get something and you'll know when it's right to use yeah. it. It's one of those things. I really kind of looked at it like <laughs> it, it should have started glowing or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need things to be more clearly spelled out. Yeah. The funniest moment in the whole movie for me is when the uh, the baby turned mouse yeah. uh, repeats Sen's behavior of stomping the slug out, and then all the the soot balls do the like the evil finger chop. Yes, and and, and <laughs> like the boiler man had done to Sen before. Mm-hmm. For me, when that happened, I was like, I, I was laughing my ass off. Oh, yeah. And the soot balls just like you said convey so much With personality, so and that scene was so quick. Yeah, but it was like the highlight scene of the entire movie. Yeah, it for is me. a great scene. So funny. Uh, we then see a lot more of No Face. No Face wants to see Sen, who continues to refuse any of the gifts from him. 
he's like, what do you want? What do you want? What can I give you? And I think maybe like the, the person has to take something or want something in order for no face to like eat them. Yeah. That must be what's right, going because on she here. has no, she's not pure spirit, not wanting. Yeah. There's no desire there. She's just pure. She's about pure love. That's that's her yeah, whole yeah. character. Yeah, she has other motivations mm-hmm. that just go away from all. There's that. no greed. Yeah. yeah, Sen gives him the last of the river spirits meatball, uh, which uh, that's what she did, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, she was just like, here, have this thing, and I was like, what was that? And I yeah. assumed it was. And more then he meatball. starts throwing up everything. Throws up everything. Frog, throws yep. up the other two people he ate. Yep, and it kind of returns him to his natural state, mm-hmm. which I don't think he would have become as greedy and as gluttonous as he became if the frog wasn't the first thing that he ate. Yes. And yet, at the same time, he offered the gold to the frog and then ate him. So where did that instinct come from? So it's it's a weird, like, chicken and egg type I, I situation. One of one of the theories on that online was that he was sort of driven towards that greed being in the bathhouse mm-hmm. and with the evil of the bathhouse and it was it's i mean especially if you look at miyazaki's you know sidelines with mm-hmm. that it, it's a it's a place of evil a place okay. of greed um there is a lot of just greed and evil in those places and you're selling people's mm-hmm. bodies on it so in this it's just that there's that and everybody's pretty greedy there right as soon as the gold comes how many people are just running you know oh, right. give 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 it give it whatever you want we'll 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 take it. So you know. No Face is a bit of an empty shell. Yes. That needs to be filled with something. And yep. Shen does make the comment later on after No Face leaves that is like, oh, he needs to get out of there because it's affecting him or yes. the evil yep. of this place or whatever it was. Yep. So they do they do justify that a little bit for sure. Uh, off to see Zaniba, they mm-hmm. go. So the Boiler Man gives Sen a train ticket so she can return Zaniba's gold seal to her. Meanwhile, Haku makes a deal with Yubaba to have Chihiro and her parents return to their world if she passes a final test. I like something about that train scene I like. Yeah. It's, you know, the, there's so much water you can't even really see the tracks. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about that whole the train going to nowhere. I, I just really love that. There's just the visually it's really cool. Yeah. There's just something about it that I've always just liked. I thought there was something kind of nice about uh, Chihiro sitting down and even after seeing everything that no face had done and all the and being called a monster and all the terrifying stuff like in her heart still knows that this is not an evil creature and it's just like come sit down next to me You'll yeah be okay yeah like taking care of it mm-hmm. so it's still like like really showing kind of that that empty shell and the fact that like somehow deep down she just knows yeah yeah that was interesting uh, it turns out that the slug that Sen stepped on was a spell to control Haku. Yep. So that had been expelled from his body along with the, uh, the golden seal. And Zaniba laughs. She thinks that the, you just stepped, you stepped on it and that ended, you, you were able to end the curse by stepping on it. Right. She right. thinks that's so great. Like there's, there should have been some like yeah. crazy <laughs> counter spell. Hard thing to do or, it and you just yeah. stepped on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haku shows up at Zaniba slash Granny's house, mm-hmm. uh, and takes Chihiro back while No Face stays behind with Granny. And again, kind of the the silkworm spinning thing kind yeah. of idea. That's kind of cool. And obviously, at first, I was a little bit like, oh, no face. You never know if something's going to happen. But in that environment, it's probably totally going to be just kind of toned down and like chill and right. whatever. I, I also like the scene there, uh, the part in that in, in Zaniba's house where she says to who's currently the fly in the mouse, you can turn back now. And they're both like, uh-uh. No, we don't want to turn back to our regular selves. Right, right. We're happy being who we are right now. Right, right. 
Chihiro recalls a story uh, where she dropped a shoe into a river and Haku was the spirit of that river as they're flying back. Of course, she recalls that maybe the worst possible time when right. they're airborne right. and all the like dragon scales come off Freeze and him, fall yeah. down. Yeah, but then he obviously still because he realizes he's a spirit maintains kind of his power and his flight and all right. that stuff. Um, back at the bathhouse, the final test is guessing which pigs are Chihiro's parents. She guesses that none of them are, and she's right. So her contract is destroyed and she's returned to her parents. Again, I'm wondering if in that scene, that scene felt a little off to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, again, something was a little lost in translation to where they didn't uh, give us as much information. Like, sure, I guess you can chalk it up to instinct. But when she had gone back to the garden at one point, she couldn't tell which no, ones were her couldn't. parents. So I was like, well, OK, so how did she know? And now I'm I'm feeling like something was just lost in that particular one. I think at that point, I've, I've sort of felt that once she was able to get back who she was mm-hmm. um, and and identify who Haku was and that he was like the, uh, the Hakado River or whatever, mm-hmm. I just felt like at that point, everything that was a mystery to her is now open. So looking at those pigs, not, she could see. I, that's just – it's not – again, it's just what I take from the movie. I feel like at this point, she's coming back. She's identified what No Face was. Mm. She's found him somewhere else through love. She's found a place for him to be safe. Okay. She makes the transport back. The baby is now, you know, Mama, you've been bad. You know, she's right, changed right. the baby for good. And, and, and Yababa even says, oh, What? You're walking now? You're not, you know, you're walking and talking. Look at my little baby. You're not. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like her influence is changing everything for the better. Right. So I almost feel like her, her last piece of recognizing that is, Oh, I can see through this. And while they are pigs, it's sort of an illusion. Mm-hmm. And she recognizes, No, 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 it's none of those. Mm. But I always thought the reveal that none of them, when they're all like, Hooray, it's not, was like cheesy video game. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's one of those. They were all one. like Sonic things popping out yeah. of their eggs. And, and they were yeah. all happy that they think like none of them liked Sen. So why are they all hooray? You yeah. it. But you know, that is what it is. And uh, th- I don't know if there's like fan discussion about this either. She starts referring to Yubaba as granny. Yeah. At the end of the movie as well. Right. So uh, wh- what do you know? Like what kind of message they're trying to I don't, get home there? I, I just, I wonder personally if that's just sort of, if it's more playing on the duality of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we've seen both sides of no face We've seen both sides of Haku when he's, you will refer to me as Master mm-hmm. Haku, and and that there were two sides of that, and we see the side of the baby that's this big whining, crying thing, and then he's like, when he's the mouse, he's... So I'm wondering if there's they're playing kind of that duality, yeah. up, maybe. And Zaniba even clearly states at one point, oh, we're opposites, me and my sister. Right. So. But earlier, you, I mean, you think that, you know, Zaniba's sending these, these paper birds to kill Haku. Right. So... To, to get there and see that Zaniba is like a clone of Yubaba, but very sweet and, and motherly. Mm-hmm. You didn't know. You thought you were going to get some other kind of witch. You didn't right. know. So I think the duality on things plays out. I think that that's part of a message mm-hmm. that, you know, that there are two sides of the coins. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have. I don't know if you have anything. Um, the one, the one last little thing I like that they do, and I don't know if it's translated in the Japanese version, but, um, Haku says to her before she, uh, to Ch- uh, Chihiro, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're leaving, don't look back. Mm. And she stops to look back and then doesn't and keeps right. walking. Right. That's an allusion to Greek mythology, mm-hmm. which was Orpheus and Euripides. Yep. And she, uh, you know, Orpheus, you know, says to Euripides, don't look back. Or I'm sorry, Euripides says to Orpheus, don't look back. We'll, you know, I'll get you. We'll, we'll leave the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. And if we, you know, as if you don't look back until we get out then we'll both be free. Sure. And just a second before he like he feels her hand drifting away 
And he turns to look and she does like he was like one or two steps away from leaving the underworld. Mm -hmm. And and so I thought that that was a nice tie in that, you know, it's that same setup. Just, you know, you walk the whole just don't look back right. and you'll be fine. And I like how they have the stop where she pauses and you and can see her and then turn. she then she turns and goes right back and yep. then boom, it's back with mom and dad. And oh, come on, we have to go. And. You know, time to get, we have to get there for the movers and they get out and the car is covered in dust. Off so the road, I too. thought, I thought it would be one of those situations where they get back and it's like no time has passed, right, right. but time has passed. The car is dusty. It's covered in, in leaves and they're going to have some bill from the movers, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They missed that appointment by a whole bunch. <laughs> right. Weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Overall. I mean, it was my first time watching it. I have to say I wasn't a huge fan no? of the movie. No, like I think I have a tough time with anime in general. Okay. Because I do feel like so many things are lost in translation. Yeah. So when I watch anime, I feel like things are either way the hell out there or there's so much stuff that's lost in translation that I'm not getting the original intent. Mm -hmm. And I, I, the thing that I do appreciate about this movie is knowing about the, the prostitution yeah. kind of metaphor and the way that that translates in. I didn't know that until after I watched it. Uh, from the movie itself, I just felt there was something lacking. Like the, the fact that it won an Academy Award and everything was like shocking to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know what it is. Like, I think it just might have been too out there for me. Okay. Like the, the, the vomitous, like whatever. And the, I never really understood what was going on. I guess the, the bottom line is I didn't understand the motivations of okay. characters. So it felt like a lot of things were happening and I didn't know why. All right. Necessarily. I'm interested. I, you know, I didn't even look to see what the competition was that year. Mm. Um, cause it could have been a week, but I don't think it was even, I think it was a pretty strong lineup. And 2001. This, so, you know, so I, I thought animation's pretty, been going pretty strong yeah, for yeah. the last like 10, 15 years for sure. But I mean, it's, I'm glad I watched it because now I have reference points. Like yeah, I said, yeah. I didn't before and I'll understand it. And it is such a heralded movie in the anime community and animation in general it seems um it just wasn't exactly my cup of tea now i think i think now what would be cool is for me i, I haven't yet done it. i've always watched the uh the dubbed version mm -hmm. to get a, a, a sub copy and watch it and just read it like try it. i mean again you still have translation sure but sometimes it's more because when you're doing adr you're trying to match the lips and and you, you they really cut down dialogue and when you change so, words you change communication yeah you really do yeah. so so it might be interesting to go back and try to get a very literal translation mm -hmm. of things to get a better idea of what they're where they're going with things yeah it may not may not make that much of a difference because sometimes you you lose again still losing translation right 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 and there are even though I say like I'm not a huge fan of the film whatever I do I believe that there is something that can be taken away from mm. almost any movie you watch I mean there are some things that are just horrible pieces of trash <laughs> this is not one of those right, things yeah. there are uh, so many redeeming I mean like you said the animation is gorgeous. Yeah. Even if sometimes it's the animation of things throwing up landfills or whatever, <laughs> disgust, yeah. disgusting stink monsters, it's still wonderfully animated. Yeah, it is. There are some fantastic characters. Uh, we talked about the, the soot balls just having so much emotion and personality. I enjoyed the hell out of them. Yeah. 
they're almost like a minions precursor. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so there are there are a lot of things that I think they did very, very well in this movie. And it's even probably a very strong movie on its own. It's just not my taste. Right. That's Diff- and that's the thing. Different movies resonate differently with different people. Absolutely. And there could be little things that for whatever reason, the first time I watched that, yep. I don't even remember. I mean, I, I know where I lived at the time. Yep. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I literally went and I don't usually just buy a movie that I've never seen before. Yeah. And I did. And I watched. And for some reason, it resonated with my wife and I, and we've always been sort of, we probably watch it once every couple of years. Yep. It's not one of those, you know, three or four times a year we watch sure. it, because it, it is, it's a long movie and it, there are times where you do, it does get slow. Yeah. But um, we've, you know, we'll watch it every couple of years and, and it's always resonated as one of those movies we enjoy. And yeah, yeah. So it, it can always, you know, it could be that where you are in life at the time, it could be that certain characters might either either resonate with you in that you know somebody they remind you of mm-hmm. or there's just something in a character you see at that time that sort of makes you feel like, oh, wait, I, I, that was me as a kid or mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, it, it's it's interesting how that can happen where, you know, a movie that if I watch it for the first time now might not do anything for me. But where yeah. I was in that time and now because it's resonated like that as long as it has, mm-hmm. it's been a movie that I enjoy. Sure, yeah. sure. I think this, too, is a. will be happy to put this on the Internet as a shining example of how people can have a difference in opinion and not like get at each other's. Throat yeah, exactly. Because we just had a half hour meaningful discussion yeah, about totally. a movie that I was like eh, about. And yet still, clearly, there was a lot of things going on. That and I like discussing. I like that you wait. I like that if that's what you're going to do with, with Random Movie Club. Absolutely, I like that yeah. you wait till the very end to actually voice how you felt about the movie, because it was cool to have this discussion yeah. and then to hear. The way you looked at things from a person who, you know, eh, you know, I wasn't really crazy about it. It, it I thought that was interesting. I, I feel that. like if I did that up front, I would have tainted the entire discussion. It could, it could, yeah. Because yeah. then the person, if it's a movie, you like, would have gotten defensive. I, I think. Yeah, exactly. The person, could I would have been the same it. way if someone right. was like, "Well, I'm not necessarily a fan of that movie yeah. that you like." Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I think that's a cool facet of it. Yeah. So learn from our example, yeah, people, right. when you're having your internet conversations. Uh, but. Totally worth watching, and uh, thank you again for joining me. Always no problem. appreciate it. I'll flame you on the internet later and negative, negative, <laughs> negative under my fake troll names. I expect it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Random Movie Club is a production of The Geek Generation. You can get every episode along with everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our flagship podcast, The Geek Generation, available both on the site and on iTunes. As always, thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolf's Den Music for our theme song. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we'll discuss Clue. See you then.